Uh, so, Rax, we start every episode uh, where I, I say start the party, Dan, and uh, you get to tell me how to say it. Uh, like a, like a character, like a mood or, you know, a tone of voice, tone of voice, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, can you do, can you do like Godfather voice? Oh boy. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I gotta say something right now. I don't think John has seen the Godfather. I actually have seen the Godfather. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> only, only part one though. Only part one. Okay. I haven't seen part two That's or three. That's all you need for the voice. Yeah. That's the true. Voice, yeah. Then yeah. start the body. Oh no, you got upset online. Looks like you're having a real bad time. Should have just ignored what I said. But now I've got proof that you read it. And for me, that's all I need. What I live for is the air that I breathe. Cause I'm rude with me and I'm not sorry. Welcome everybody to the block party. Hey, okay. That was pretty good. <laughs> was that good? Yeah, That's I mean, pretty I, good, yeah. I guess it's like a pretty easy impression. Yeah, I guess so. You just kind of like make your voice raspy. Yeah. Although you're bad at impressions. So I don't I feel think like I you, can do it. Go no. ahead. Try it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Stefan is famously like horrible yeah, at impressions. I, I knew as soon I'm as not I said. As soon as I said that the impression was easy, I was like, oh, John's going to tell me to do the impression. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do I just say the same thing? Sure. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And you have to do the hand. Yeah, I did. Too. I was like that doing the hand too. thing. It like it well, does. He had, so he had cotton balls in his mouth. That's how he did right. the voice. Right. Okay. Yeah. So do you have, do you have any cotton balls? I think so. <laughs> Tissue paper. Oh, t- <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it. Stefan is legitimately going to put Kleenex I mean, in I, his mouth. I right want to actually think? get. This is going to be. <laughs> I don't think this is going to help at all. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. It might okay, well, taste really bad. Yeah. What, and am I going to put them on the table after? While Stefan loads up, I will say, hello, friends, okay. idiots, and friends who are also idiots. Welcome to your favorite podcast about social media and rejection is blocked. <laughs> this is episode number 154. Oh I'm John. I'm Stefan. <laughs> and we have a great guest with us this week. Uh, she's a writer whose book, Tacky, is coming out mm-hmm. this week. Rax King is here. Hi, Rax. Hi, this looks so gross. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. You can turn the camera off if you want This is how he did it, though, right? That, that's right, yeah. Okay. Stop, stop, stop. No, no, it's really good. It's lower, it's getting lower. It's actually not Did you just like say this. your own name? Well, okay, hold on, hold on. Can you do, can you do yours again? I forgot okay, what I'll he try. sounds like. Okay. Dan, stunt the body. Stunt the body, Dan. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) I'm laughing so hard, I'm like coughing, dude. That was hilarious. Oh, my God. That's the most commitment we've ever had on the show, Rax. You're here for a special, uh, <laughs> special topic. He has to leave the room. <laughs> well, he has to yeah, because I guess think he, about what he did. Totally. Well, he did make a good point in that he wasn't sure what he was going to do with the wet Kleenex after the impression was well, over. Put it on the table, so. That's a classic hazard. Yeah, totally. So uh, your mouth just must be feeling great now. Just. <laughs> super dry that was that was just sort of thinking on the fly right and not putting yeah. really do you think that it helped your impression at all i think it made it much worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i would so. think so too well because yeah. i was thinking cotton balls what's the closest thing to cotton balls here on the table and it's the it's the tissue paper you crumple right. one up 
But it's like too big, I think. Because I think the cotton balls you can get less. Yeah, you look like you were playing like Fuzzy Bunny or whatever. Yeah, no, I, it's yeah. It, or it Fluffy was, Bunny. Is it Fluffy Bunny or Fuzzy? What Fuzzy, fuzzy bunny? bunny? It's where you. Is that real? It's yeah. It's where you put as many marshmallows in your mouth as yeah. you can, and you have to say Fluffy Bunny. I thought I think it's Fuzzy or Fuzzy Bunny. One of the two. Yeah. Have you never? It's like a. It's like a kids like camp, it's like a camp game. game yeah. yeah. So you you have like two or or mo- more people competing. So it's like you put like competing. one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fluffy bunny. Okay, so you. Uh, oh well, this is a this is a Wicca. The one Dan looked up on Wikipedia is it's about like a Wicca, a Wiccan, a, a Wiccan practice. Completely yeah. different. Okay, no. Now you're just now it's just pictures of fuzzy bunnies. Chubby oh, bunny, chubby bunny. Yeah, I think. okay. So there I think we that's go. it. Yeah. Oh, ch- oh, I have heard of <laughs> yeah. this. I don't think I've ever done that to myself. <laughs> oh, because like I think the picture on the, the chubby bunny Wikipedia is, article is so good. The guys were in a Blue Jays jersey. Well, respect to that. Hey, <laughs> speaking of the Blue Jays, yeah, I did get you a present. Okay, it's it's John's birthday today. Yes, it is my birthday, and today. and I've been getting into to sports cards and stuff recently. Right? Okay, yep. And I was looking for. Uh, like a Maple Leafs card uh-huh. in town. And they're like really hard to find in town because everyone hates the Leafs here, I guess. But, oh, I, but okay. I did find another Toronto sports team. Yes. And so I got you, I got you a birthday present. Okay. You take a look at that. I think it's pretty cool. Whoa. Yeah. That is very cool. A Beau Bichette. This is a PSA 10, a graded card. Yeah. Wow. His is rookie this his rookie card? card? Yeah. Whoa. Thank you, Stephen. You're welcome. That is Happy so birthday. Nice. Now, Dan, oh what gosh. did you get, uh, John? Uh, well, actually, I got both of you guys a gift here. Wait. So oh, okay. Wait, did he actually? Wow. This yeah. is a... Oh, okay. So here you go. I got you guys some rolling machines. Whoa. <laughs> rolling machines. Thank you. So you for, all the, your... for all the weed I smoke. <laughs> yeah. And John, don't think I forgot about you because I know you're the birthday boy. <laughs> yes, that's right. So I, I brought you some coffee filters. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Look at that. Melita coffee. Filters. Is that open? Uh, no, it's not no, open. It's, it's on. unopened. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's, it's factory these are, sealed. These are Melita Super Premium Natural <laughs> oh Brown God. coffee filters. So thank you, Dan. Happy this, birthday, dude. This reminds me, not to be that guy, but it reminds me of The Office when uh, Creed just gives Jim a shirt yes. in, a, in a plastic <laughs> bag for Christmas. This has this similar That's feel. exactly what it's like. Yeah, exactly. But uh, thank you, Dan. Thank you, this Dan. is great. I don't drink coffee and I don't smoke weed. So these are two very thoughtful <laughs> presents uh, from you, Dan. Well, how does this work, this rolling machine thing? Are you familiar with this process? Yeah, so you open it up and you put the weed inside and then you close it and insert a rolly into like the slot there and then it rolls the weed into the okay. rolly. I'm gonna, oh. I'll try this. I'll give this a go. There's this like seems, an instruction thing. This seems there. like something my friends in high school should have had. Definitely. I had one in high school, yeah. Because I remember, I do remember that when I was in high school, my friend, I remember one night we were, we got some weed uh, well, they got some weed. I don't smoke weed, but the they got some weed, and then the drug dealer showed up, or weed dealer. I get drug dealer sounds much more sinister <laughs> when it's like it's just weed, you know. Like the weed dealer showed up, and then he just was like gave them a bag of weed, and yeah. they were like, "Well, what are we supposed to do with this?" Right? Like, <laughs> was it their first time? Or no, no, but I think they just like didn't know how to roll a, a joint, and right. maybe they like would usually smoke out of a pipe or something, and didn't have the pipe, and. So then he was like very exasperated and like rolled a joint for them in his car <laughs> with the weed that he was selling them. And he was like, so it was a guy that went to our high school too, but he was like, are you fucking serious? Oh he, my God. I have to sit here and roll this joint for you. I think he charged them an extra dollar <laughs> to roll the joint for them. Oh, that's so good. So it's, it's tough to say between the rolling machine, the coffee filters and the Beau Bichette rookie card, which one is the best <laughs> gift, but uh, I love them all. Well, equally. Rax, what did you get for John? 
Uh, it's crazy, actually. I also got him coffee filters, and mine are open. So <laughs> wow. Okay. Thank you so much, wow. Rax. That's so sweet no, of you. It's, I'm not feeling great about it. You've got a closed one. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> but you could make the case that yours is like more convenient. Oh yeah, because yeah. he, he doesn't have to open I don't the have box to open now. It. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and there's a bunch already missing for your convenience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't use them. So I don't the use less them, you so have, actually, the better. That's actually really oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Damn. You're really making me look like shit here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, Rax, you're making Dan look like shit by giving me an I'm unopened so box of coffee filters. <laughs> Way to I go! I come in here, I make you guys stuff Kleenex in your mouth. Well, just- that that was all me. I'll take I'll take full blame for that. But <laughs> this has I, been just a chaotic start really to has. this episode. Yeah, it's but you know what? It's good. I think it's good chaos. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Are you so? It is my birthday, and it's also Halloween. Did yes. you guys, Rax? Were, did you do anything for Halloween? Did you have a, a big? You know, a big thing. Uh, tonight is my big. Oh, okay. thing. oh you're doing it all you're doing on a Halloween Sunday night, itself. not okay. giving a shit. Yeah, well, I didn't realize that we were doing Halloween for like a week and a half this year, <laughs> so I failed to plan like thirty <laughs> things to do all weekend, like everybody else on my Twitter timeline is doing. So I'm just going out tonight, like a square. <laughs> I mean, that's sick, that's though. Fine. I no, feel like yeah. that's actually not squarish I think with your party on a Sunday. Yeah. That actually feels like And to actually do sick. it on Halloween proper yeah. as well. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I just I feel it's important to observe the actual day of the month that it is. But yeah. what do I know? No, no that, you're right. that makes sense. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I went out yesterday. Okay. And Irene and I went as, we did a couple's costume. Uh-huh. And I went as Bob- Congratulations. Yeah, I went as Bobby Hill and she went as Connie. Okay. And oh, that's cute. It was very, yeah. it was very cute. But it was also just like, it was sort of the same. Like we originally, like a month ago, we were like, oh, we should do like when we first started watching Squid Game. We we're like, oh, let's do Squid Game. And then it became the most popular show in the entire world. And we're like, well, everyone is going to do Squid Game, so we should do something else. And then we just didn't think of anything until like four days ago. And luckily, the Bobby Hill Connie costume is just t-shirts and shorts. <laughs> I mean, you should have shaved your head if you were going to do it. For no, real. I know that's the thing, right? Uh, like Irene, like straightened her hair and everything. And yeah. Then, but um, I didn't. I have a weird shaped head, and I feel also like if I <laughs> have shaved, you ever shaved your head? I I've gotten like pretty not like fully, but I've gotten like a buzz cut before. Yeah, and it's like not. Well, that's what I mean. I didn't mean like no, Bobby. No, yeah. Obviously, Bobby doesn't has have hair. Like, he has yeah. hair. Yeah. But Bobby Hill has a much better hairline than me. Also, well, so. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, your costume was pretty lazy, I have to say. But I think it's it's one of those costumes where it's like, yes, it's lazy, but like together, it it's it's still like a cute costume. Together, yeah, twenty percent of the people at the party knew what your costume was. That's about accurate. I yeah, think. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rax, what are you? What are you dressing up as tonight? I'm uh, my, I'm also doing a couple's costume. Uh, I'm cute. baby from yeah, it is. Thank you. It is cute. Uh, I'm baby from Dirty Dancing, and my my boyfriend's gonna be Johnny. Oh, wow. okay. And are, are you obviously like going to, you know, get inebriated and do the the lift thing? Do the lift. Yeah. Yeah, because that's physically possible. So I can't <laughs> wait to make him do that. <laughs> yeah, I think I I mean, you kind of have to or people will be expecting it. At yeah, least. people will. Be, yeah, it's going to really feel like I'm crapping out if I don't at least try. So I'm preparing to really badly injure myself and my boyfriend tonight for. <laughs> For the for the bit, yeah, yeah. That's as long as you get a good picture of it, though. Right? I think that's mm-hmm. the key. Yeah. Before you fall or whatever happens, you just have to get that <laughs> one picture, and then yeah, yeah. Now, Dan, did you do anything for Halloween? 
no. What's what's the last costume you you dressed up in for Halloween? I don't know. I think it was probably like grade five or six. Oh my god! Oh my god! You never as an adult you've Halloweened. I wore a suit to work once. <laughs> That's a very like Fight Club answer. Yeah. Well, in a way, a suit is a costume. So yeah, it was on. Yeah. It was like at a skateboard distribution. Oh, uh, okay. so. All right. So yeah. that's that is basically. Yeah, that's a costume. Yeah. 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 Okay. And John, you you did a murder mystery. We did a murder thing. mystery, and yeah, so you had to dress up as your character. Yeah. So you're sort of limited. On. Yeah. So I think I did. I talk about this last week. I was. I was. You did because you read one of your like secrets or something. But oh, now it's yes. over and done with, so you can tell us what happened. I was Angelo Cruz. Yeah. The uh, the football player mm-hmm. and um well. Because I think I did. I say last week about how you, so, you hated the doctor because he he yes, performed surgery he on you up my surgery. and fucked up your surgery. Yes. So the the thing was, so the, the, it was a very perplexing. And the doctor was the victim or one of the no, victims. No, no. I I ended up being a murder victim. Oh, okay. I didn't know till I got there, but I I I was the second one to die. And so you just did you just sit out at that point? No. So this one was good actually. So the way that it worked was that if you died, you could still play the game and try to figure out who the murderer was. Right. But you were a ghost. So technically, because I was dead, my secrets went with me to the grave. Right. So like I was allowed to ask other people questions about their secrets and stuff, but I wasn't allowed to share my secrets. Just a very annoying ghost. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it it was good. Yeah, it was fun. But it was like I said, it was a confusing theme because I think it was they were kind of going for like mid-century New Orleans. Okay. So there was a jazz musician and a voodoo priestess. Okay. But then I was the football professional football player, <laughs> okay. which like doesn't really <laughs> fit in exactly. And then like there was a prince, but there was also a governor. So it was sort of like who's I sort you know. I can sort of see that though. Yeah. Like. So it like it was fun. It it was really cool. Like so I was yeah I was like a rich like. Um, you know, I was a very famous football player, like right, not just right, a right. football player, but I was like very good. And yeah. so I had got these like gold rimmed like sunglasses that I could barely see out of. And I got <laughs> so like a, I had like a chain and I wore like nice clothes. Wow. And then <clears throat> Becca was a burlesque dancer and, um, she was a little nervous cause she's like, so does this just mean I just like dress like a total like slut in front of all your friends. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I guess I, no, but she like, yeah, she went more with like a flapper kind of right, style right, right, of, yeah. of thing. Um, but then, yeah, she ended up being the murderer. So, right. And you were saying she didn't know before she didn't know. So this version of the game was not like the person who was the murderer had to like go around and like, you know, tap you on the shoulder or whatever and be like, you're fucking dead or whatever. <laughs> um, the host did it. So, right. so it was like the host discreetly would like, when I died, the host like pulled me aside and she was like, in the next two minutes, you have to die from poison. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, so Becca was just like a part of it too. So she could have guessed herself as the murderer. Like she didn't know that right. she was actually the killer. Okay. So yeah, it was fun. And they came with like all these clues. So like every time someone died, we would find these clues on their body, right. quote unquote. And then like you could sift through the did clues. Did anyone and figure try- out that it was Becca? No, no one figured it <laughs> okay. out. We were all wrong. So uh, yeah, we did horrible. Okay. Okay. That sounds like that's fun, though. But it was fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I think like I think the key is um, and I don't know if either of you have done a murder mystery before, but it, I think the key is like everybody kind of has to buy in. Yes. Like I could see if there were, you know, if like half the people were sort of like not taking it that seriously yeah. or weren't that into it. 
it would really wreck it. But in this case, everyone was into it. Everyone was that's into good. It, yeah, so it was good. Yeah, Rax, have you done a murder mystery party before? No, I never have. I don't really go in for the for like party games. Like I feel like the best game at a party is just talk to my friends at the party. <laughs> so I, I I have a lot of trouble buying into stuff. I get way too competitive if I do. I I've yeah. like lost friends over Monopoly before. Oh, oh yeah, Monopoly would. Well, we lost yeah. we lost a, a donor to this show over me being too competitive at trivia. So I guess <laughs> you and I. So you and I probably should never play games together, Rax. But yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah I think that uh, it's a tenuous friendship to begin with. with the coffee filters and <laughs> true, true. Yeah, because we, uh, yeah, we we do this bonus episode type where we play trivia, Stefan and I, and we'll bring on a couple guests and we play trivia against them. And uh, yeah, someone like one of their Patreon exit surveys was that uh, I was too competitive at trivia. I've only that made won them once, uncomfortable. I think, right? Yeah, you won once. We, we tied, tied once, and then you won twice. Yeah, I think it's not bad. Have we done four? Or I think five? We've done five now, maybe. Okay, yeah. so then maybe I've won three. Yeah, I think I won the one with the Doughboys, maybe. Yeah, but anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you again. Well, that I've, one, I've that one, I mean, you know, it was a little. <laughs> but yes, you're right, Rax. Like there was definitely a part of me too that was going into the murder mystery, thinking that, like, I always if I'm if I'm at a party where games are involved, I do have to remind myself before I get there that like you have to, this is a party. Yeah. I because right. I also well, I feel really bad, but I I don't think I've told this story on the show before. <laughs> but um, have either of you played Secret Hitler? Or excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I it's have a, not. <laughs> is that is it sort of like like it's like, werewolves it's like or resistance? Mafia? Yeah, oh, okay. it's like resistance, werewolves in London, like those types of games. It's a social deduction game, right? And right. so, yes, it's. I love deducing stuff socially. Me too. Yeah. I love to figure out what my my social <laughs> yeah. friends are up to. So it was. I got invited over to a friend's house to play uh, to play Secret Hitler, and that, um, and that is a, so one person is Hitler. Yeah, so it's like uh so basically the it's very similar to resistance and mafia and those types of games yeah. where yeah, so so one person is Hitler, one person uh and then sorry, one person is Hitler and then the other people are liberals and fascists. Jesus Christ. And so you're trying to uh so yeah, so like it's like if you're the liberals, you have this like one set of goals and if you're the fascists, you have this other set of goals. And basically every yeah, what, yeah, what are the fascist goals? <laughs> well, it, again, it's hard to explain exactly, yeah. but the, it's yeah, the the way it works is unlike resistance, there are ways that uh it brings two people into the social deduction part. So how okay. it works is like the basically the fascists are are the liberals are trying to pass liberal political policies okay. and the fascists are trying to stop those policies yeah. from being passed. Okay. okay. So how it works, Just, aren't games supposed to kind of like take you away from like the real world? Yeah, and they the do. Hitlers. They take you to a worse, yeah. a worse version of the world. Somehow. Is this game yeah. at least from like the 1930s? No, 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 no. It's a brand okay. new, it's like a new game. It's okay. very fun. It's a very yeah, good yeah. game. I guarantee you, you would have fun. I, I'm sure I would. It's just like, I can't get like the concept of it is like hard to. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, so how it works though it adds an extra layer of intrigue because right. so when you when one you, of the hitlers is a werewolf <laughs> yes yeah. exactly there's a full moon card yeah. and then hitler goes crazy uh but how it's basically like i so if so there's a chancellor and a vice chancellor every okay. round yeah and the vice chancellor picks up the cards and passes them 
they pick up three cards and some of them will have real policies on them and some of them will have failed policies. Right. And then they pass them to the vice. They pass two to the vice chancellor. Yeah. And then the vice chancellor decides which one to play, but oh they God, might, I'm, I'm already lost. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but then they might get, they might get two of the thing they don't want. So right. then you could blame it on me. You could be like, look, John gave me right. like, yes, I'm a liberal and I'm trying to pass these policies, but John gave me two failed policies. So it was actually his fault. So it adds like an extra layer okay. of intrigue wow. anyway. And the bottom and whoever is Hitler, if they ever become chancellor, the game immediately ends. Oh my God. Yeah, so it's, it's fun. All I'm trying to say, I didn't in- anticipate explaining the entire game, but yeah. I, went over, job, I, I went over to a friend's house. Yeah. I met his girlfriend and a bunch of his friends for the first time. Oh, no. And then <laughs> his girlfriend, I just like absolutely steamrolled. And I think she still hates me like to this day. I just was like, I was like, because we played two games. So the first game, she was a fascist and I was a liberal. And then the second game, I was a liberal again. And she was acting the exact same way as she had in the first game where she was a fascist. And so like, it was like the first round of the game. And I was like, you're a fascist. You're acting exactly the same way as last game when you were a fascist. Be quiet. Everyone knows you're a fascist. Stop talking. <laughs> and like, I just was like, and you got she, way too into the game, way too into the game. Yeah. And I think she still hates me over it. Oh uh, like five years later or whatever. Wow. So anyway, God damn. I, I do. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rax, you brought up Monopoly. Were there any like specific Monopoly incidents that, that you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, some years ago, like five years ago, I was playing Monopoly with some friends and a few friends went outside to smoke. We were playing on like teams of two. Yeah. And the other person on my team, when people went outside to smoke, she said to me, let's cheat and take a bunch of their money. <laughs> They're outside. And I was like, fuck, yeah, let's cheat. So we stole a shitload of like Monopoly cash and properties, like all the best properties from the smokers. And they came back in and noticed right away. And it got like kind of intense, actually. Like, I don't know. My thinking was like, haha, it's going to be so funny to cheat and rip my friends off in this low stakes way it was not low stakes at all <laughs> people get upset <laughs> i feel like if you had just stolen the money you could maybe get away with it but like the properties probably. i feel like they would notice they probably notice the properties immediately especially if you're taking the expensive ones yeah <laughs> well of course you take all the best ones yeah. and you yeah. like take them in their groups like you take all the yeah. oranges or whatever so yeah it was it was uh not my finest hour. Really, nobody's <laughs> finest hour that evening. We oh, all looked terrible. Man, I know some that people. Awesome. Some people like allow <laughs> cheating in Monopoly. Well, right? there's or, the version where you like where you start the game with like five hundred dollars on free parking or whatever. So yeah, it's like yeah, whenever you, rule. yeah. So like whenever you land on free parking, you get way more money, but then that actually just like prolongs the game way longer right. because you're keeping more cat. Like the whole point is it's designed to be more of a like blunt instrument and bankrupt you faster. Yes. So when you keep five hundreds in the game constantly, then it actually makes the game take way longer. Right. It's way worse, but it feels better because you're like, Oh my God, I landed money. on free parking. Yeah. I got $800. Fuck. Yeah. I'm rich. Yeah. 
God, I haven't played it in so long. I haven't played Monopoly in forever. Yeah, I, think... I haven't played it since that night. <laughs> I might never play it again. <laughs> now, Rax, did they? So you said it was like as soon as they got back in, they realized, or did you actually play some turns? Because I feel like it would be awesome if it got to your turn and you're like, oh, I'm going to build a hotel on, or like I'm going to put three <laughs> houses on orange. And they're like, wait a minute, you didn't have all the oranges. <laughs> like, what the hell? I mean, I might as well admit that they caught us doing it like, <laughs> from outside. <laughs> so it, it really didn't last that long. I heard like a knocking on the sliding glass door and I saw my friend outside with his cigarette in hand going like, no. Oh, my God. OK. And yeah. That's, That's much fucking worse. rules. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It was, you know, I, I tried. <laughs> I tried to build an empire. Well, oh. this might not be a surprise to you, Stefan, mm-hmm. but when I play game, like my friends and I will do board game nights and stuff like I'm a big board game guy and I'm often the rules guy. Sure, so like especially course. if we get a new board game, usually I will buy it and then I'll kind of learn all the rules myself and then um, and then I teach them to everybody. I'm a teacher. So, you know, I've had friends say like you're good at explaining the rules to us like I like when you do it. So then I just kind of got shuffled into this role but then when you're always the rules guy you do also get accused of like well i don't know the rules yeah you just making up like it's funny you didn't didn't explain that part yeah exactly and i'll be like no i absolutely did say that part and he'll be like no you didn't it's like well i i gave like a 15 minute lecture on this game do you think it's possible you maybe missed that sentence that i spoke about because yeah because some of the games get like pretty oh for sure pretty complicated yeah so I don't know, like, whoever invented the game, like, what was that guy just sitting around? Like, I love hanging out with my friends, but I want it to be more stressful and difficult to understand. (laughs) What can I do? I feel like maybe board games started out as something you would do with, like, your enemies. Oh. To, to like, solve, (laughs) like, like, issues and stuff. Like, start out with chess, because that's all, like, a war game, technically. Maybe that's what it was, and then it became a friends thing, and it was never meant to be a thing with friends. Mm. That could be the case, because it does always cause a lot of problems. Yeah. Like, honestly, I, I do find that a lot. Like, I mean, especially like you're you're good at board games, too, John. That's the other well, thing. sometimes. But yeah. I, I I think people say that. But I'm like, I'm not that. I mean, I win sometimes, but not Yeah, because, you know, the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when we played dice, I got fucking destroyed on Hornby. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you yeah, did. You, you killed me. Yeah. So. Well, that's just rolling dice, though. Yeah, but <laughs> still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean. It's good, but yeah, it is good, but you're right. Maybe we should just, maybe we should step back on the games. Maybe, maybe Rax has it right. The best, the best game. Fuck off. You got to get a new, you got to get a new cable. XLR cable sucks my fucking It's ass. It's just like, it's been fucking you over for like a month now. It's okay. like a good one too. Okay. I paid a lot for it. And it's, <laughs> now it feels like it's fully dying. Okay, there we, okay, go. There we go. You're good. Okay. God damn it. Have, Stop uh, touching it. Yeah. I didn't even <laughs> touch it. It just stopped. Rex, I'm going to, I mean, John, I know has not seen it. Have you seen Dune? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it in theaters recently. Did you like it? I did. I liked it. And I'd never read any of the books, but I saw it in, uh, in IMAX, which I feel might've made a difference. Yeah. I, I need to, I saw it. So I went to see it last week with, with my partner and then I'm taking, I'm going with my parents and my sister tonight. So I'm seeing it a second time. Oh, but you're doing that thing. We're doing that thing. But I, I really do want to see it in IMAX, but like, I'm, I'm like going to read the books now and stuff. Like I'm like, I, well, I almost said I'm like dune pilled. I can't say that. <laughs> I'm 32 years old. I can't say that out loud. I'm dune pilled. No, I can't say I can. I think I could tweet that. I don't think I can say out loud. That you're I've dune, dune pilled. No. I can well, say no, I've been pilled tweet. if it's like a regular pill. You I've been tweet. SSRI pilled. You know? 
<laughs> you could tweet you you got to tweet like a dune joke that's how people know you're dune oh, pilled or whatever doing they're like oh how you do yeah, everyone's you know, been doing those, yeah <laughs> but so that whole i thing. really i did like the movie a lot but the thing that I, I and i think someone there was an article about this but do you remember the the scene where the witch the space witch john's gonna love this where the space witch oh, goes yeah, to talk to this. uh uh Skarsgård, and they do like the the dome of silence or whatever but then before yeah, yeah. they do that, she's like, oh, you got get your pet out of here. And it's like this weird like spider with like human hands. Yeah, the the clambering guy. I've been yeah. like thinking about that spider like since I left. It's just it was just the weirdest thing. And it was in the movie for like 10 seconds. And it was just like so strange. But there's so many moments like that in the movie where like just like one little I mean, the oil bath. I mean, I think I'm just obsessed with Stellan Skarsgård, maybe. But I, Stellan Skarsgård in that movie, it was one of those things where. I kept thinking, like, I absolutely know that voice and face, but yeah. this is not an actor who I've seen floating around with yeah. this creepy bald head before, yeah. so who am I looking at? It, like, bothered me a little during the movie, but uh, I thought he was great in it. I, he was really enjoyable to watch. He was a total sleazebag, so yeah, I loved got it, it right. Dave Bautista as well. I mean, yeah, I just, oh, yeah. What a, what a great guy. But, John, are you going to see it? Are you going to see Dune? No. Come on. Of course not. I think you would like it. I wouldn't probably. John, it's two and a half hours long. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> See ya. It's okay. two and a half fun hours, yeah. though. It kind of kicks ass. It, it does. So. It really does. And I like that it's. it's I just part saw one someone well. on Twitter talking about how if you just super cut the spaceships taking off and landing, it'd still be like an hour long. Yeah, I but, was like, well, but, that's not. But the spaceships taking off and landing is so cool. <laughs> It really is. Like, how cool could it be, There's man? There's one spaceship that takes off out of, like, a big lake, and, like, all the water's yeah. falling off it, and it's like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Okay, well, I guess I'm doing a bad job of selling Doesn't this, see. But... It doesn't seem like something I will see. <laughs> okay. Dan, are you going to see it? Fuck no. It's two and a half hours long. Well, yeah. what, are you, what are you doing? You have time to see it. <laughs> I can't. My attention span's, like... An hour yeah. max. Hey, Jesse went to see it. And Jesse's not uh, a long movie Did Jesse like it? Jesse did like it. Okay. I mean, I'm not a long I'll movie person it. either at all. I really, I don't like it when they even approach two hours. And it, it didn't feel that long, it does I didn't not, think. It does uh, not feel like two and a half hours. I, I saw the new James Bond and that, I liked it, but that did feel like two well, and a half hours. that was, okay, that's crazy to me. It's, that a James Bond movie is two hours and 40 minutes. It was no two hours and 45 minutes. No one minutes. wants that. And I like James Bond movies. I no think one it's, needs it's it. It's just because it's the last Daniel Craig one. But, I guess, but I mean, fuck off. Rex, have you seen the new James Bond? No, I uh, I'm not a James Bondist. Yeah, you would. You I probably would that. not like this one. Is a lot of James Bond for sure. Does but, it have one of those lady people where her name is Pussy? There's a few of those. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think they all have like relatively normal names in this one. Um, yeah, yeah, there's only the yeah the what, what's the girl's name in this one like uh, Volva Johnson or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not Pussy this time. We've graduated yeah. to. Uh, <laughs> But, well, no, don't they bring back uh, Vesper Lind in this one or whatever? Well, they like mention her. Or I mention mean, her. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, I liked it. But again, like that, so Dune did not feel like two and a half hours because you're so engrossed in it the entire time. And like, I did like the James Bond movie, but it really did feel like two hours, 47 right. minutes. But it might also be because I went to like a 10 o'clock showing, which I realize. Uh, well, that's past your bedtime. Uh, well, no, I know. Like I realize now, I think I'm at the age where like, I can't do that anymore. Like, we're going to see Dune tonight at, like, 6 o'clock. Right. And so we'll be out at, like, you know, 9 or whatever. That's the right time. That's perfect. Yeah. That's what I got to do. But I I don't think I can do the... Five hours of Dune. I don't think I can do the 10, 11 o'clock showing anymore, you know? 
It's too late. No, it is. Yeah. Or it's it's either that or you start doing coke. Yeah, that's that's not happening. I don't think I've done that. that to go to late movies before, and it does not make me feel <laughs> like I have my priorities in order. <laughs> like was, that was the whole reason. <laughs> I was gonna say, actually, I mean, again, I'm not a I don't I'm not a Coke guy, but um it does seem like that is almost like a waste of it. It's like, yeah, one hundred percent a waste. Yeah. <laughs> Because wouldn't you be like just wanting to kind of go nuts the whole time and you're sort of just sitting there quietly, but you're also like very awake? Well, so the way that Coke works for a lot of people who use it regularly, but not like every day is if you're drinking, it keeps you awake. And the movie theater where I like to go, they serve drinks. And I was like, well, it's a 10 o'clock movie and I want to drink, but I don't want to fall asleep first 30 minutes. Let me do a bump in the bathroom like a fucking insane person. And I did. (laughs) And it didn't feel awesome. But it also, you know, I wasn't like sitting there grinding my teeth and jittering. I was just awake. What was the movie? Was it a good movie? I don't even remember what fucking movie it was. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess there's a lesson in there somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, man. The fucking Monsters versus Aliens 3D was fucking <laughs> sick. Just coked up with all these kids in the theater. That I wasn't was the, doing like lines upon I lines. Know, it was just I like know. a little quick bump speed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. That was the, that's the, I'm getting it right, right? It was called Monsters versus Aliens, that cartoon. I, you're, you would well, know. I know. John, I would o- know. John only watches like yeah, Pixar yeah, and Yeah, I know, but movies, I just want to so. make sure. Yeah, okay, I got it right. Okay. It's with the Reese Witherspoon, Seth Rogen. I definitely saw it. I just couldn't remember if that Did you was see the it in exact theaters. Name. Yeah, of course. That's so you won't see Dune in theaters, but you'll see uh, like a DreamWorks. The way okay, he, here's the thing: if yeah. you are a cartoon guy like me, sure, you know, if you have respect for the art of animated okay. films, <laughs> okay, <laughs> even I don't. I just like them, but I like. It's the same reason that people are like, I got to see Dune on the big screen or I got to see Dune on IMAX. It's like the colors are way more vibrant and the sound is way better. And it just like it looks but like I the yellow on the minions is just like pop. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's like I wouldn't go see cartoons in 3D because it washes out the color. Right. So do they even do 3D movies anymore? I feel like they cartoons. They will still do a couple cartoons, but they've like fallen off. They've fallen off big. Not not all of them, but they, they still do some cartoons in 3D. But that was obviously like the huge. Yeah, it was the rage for a while, particularly with cartoons. And I would always go see the 2D one. Can I I say the only memorable 3D movie I ever saw where the 3D was like cool? It was Avatar. Honestly, right? Like the 3D in that was actually like good. But I think it's also because that was like one of the first big 3D movies. So maybe that's the only one I remembered. But most of the time it was just like occasionally there'd be like a you know, someone would like point a gun at the, at, and, and like, or like something would shoot out at the camera or like, you know, someone would jump at, like, it's just not, it's not good. It and, always and, sucks. It, and it washes it out. Like you said, cause it's like, you're wearing like the sunglasses basically. Yeah. Right. So I was never into it. I, don't, and I have I vertigo. Don't so that was like a bad oh, combo. That's of, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I think I saw it. Maybe I want to say I saw a Spider-Man in 3d was one of them in 3d. Uh, oh, maybe the, uh, spider verse. <laughs> oh, that, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I also. Oh, you actually. You know what? You know what? Three D movie really fucked me up. The Polar Express in three D. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, it like it fucked my vertigo so bad because there's like a scene where the train like almost crashes, and I like f- I wanted to die. It was so hard. Oh on my me. god! You saw the Polar Express in theaters? Yeah, obviously in three D. In three D, yeah. What is might have been IMAX actually? What? Now that I think about it, that also that also had like the IMAX. the issue with like the Uncanny Valley too, right? Where like the the characters sort of 
looked like too human, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God. Especially the Tom Hanks guy. I, I was about to say, I can't believe, <clears throat> excuse me, that you saw the Polar Express in theaters in IMAX in yeah. 3D. But like, that's the most John thing well, ever. Well, okay. Sorry that one of our family traditions in the Cullen family is going to see a Christmas movie all together. Sorry. Sorry, so like, I love my parents. But that, okay. Well, whatever. You don't have to apologize for that. But <laughs> so what you're telling me is that no matter the, the quality level of the Christmas movie in theaters, you will go see it. So if there's just like, if it's like Christmas with the cranks and like, okay, well, I guess if we're seeing Christmas with yes, the cranks. If it's like a year where there are like no great Christmas movies. Yeah. Yes. We will just go see whatever the bad Christmas movie is. Oh my God. Well, actually I want to say, I want to say one year we saw Shrek. Like I think Shrek <laughs> came out around Christmas. And so we just like went to see that. Okay. Well, that's reasonable. I want to say that. And okay. it wasn't even like Shrek the halls or whatever. It was yeah, like original was Shrek. Shrek. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. I just like I there I'm just a Christmas guy. Well, no, I am you know too. That about I, me. We talked about this. We last talked about week. last episode. I'm going out after this to buy Christmas stuff. Yeah. So like I like I'm a are you a Christmas person, Rax? Because we talked about this last week with our guest Amy and Stefan and I are both like pretty big Christmas people, but I know not everybody is. Uh, am I a Christmas person? I'm I'm probably what you'd call a Jewish person. <laughs> oh, That's okay. Maybe that. more in line. <laughs> I actually really like Christmas, like by and large, but um. That's what my blocked tweet is about, actually, is my my Jewish relationship with Christmas. Oh, so. okay. perfect. Okay, great. We'll touch on that. We'll yeah. touch on that. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So yeah. that's fair. Okay, are you a Hanukkah person? I'm more of a Christmas person than a Hanukkah <laughs> person, actually. Like, okay. Jewish Christmas cannot be beat, I don't think, because it's, you know, you get your Chinese food and yeah. you go to the movies. That That's our thing. You and yes. it doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. It can be like a regular movie. No, it's yeah. uh you know, Christmas movies tend to have this thing where they're not good, so we yeah. go to <laughs> see other movies. Yeah. Yeah. Typically. Sick. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well that's good. I like that too. I, I think it all comes together nicely. Yeah. Yeah. I it reminds me of the there was like that SNL cartoon that was really good, the Christmas time for the Jews, where it taught where it was like a song about how everybody's out in the street and having like the best day because <laughs> everyone yeah. all the stupid uh, you know Gentiles. Gentiles are inside. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Cooking turkeys. Yeah, it's yeah. been like that. I mean, in New York in particular, for yeah. over a hundred years, the tradition is Chinese food movies, because those are the two things that are reliably open. More restaurants now are keeping their doors open on Christmas. I feel like that kind of sucks. I think that if the majority of your employees celebrate Christmas, which the majority of American employees pretty much do, yeah. Yeah. Like just just be closed. Don't try and yeah. snag a Christmas crowd. That's nuts. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of Christmas, okay, let's move on to our social media updates. What a good segue. Boy, was it smooth. Stefan and John are going to bring you the news. Prepare for a feast of rarefied takes. Terrible tweets from verified greats. They'll bring their personal feed to you with an update on their social, social, social media that was an okay segue. It wasn't a great segue. No, I really. <laughs> you've, had, you've had better, but it's, had your, better. it's your birthday. Well, yeah. there wasn't really a lot to go with in yeah. that sort of last kind of segment of yeah. you know what we were doing there. But uh, Rax, we always like to start with the guest. What's going on on your social media? Uh, so there was there was a discourse last week that I found pretty compelling. I've been I've been fixating on it for about a week, and it was that somebody tweeted groceries doesn't feel cheaper than eating out. Oh, I did see. This was insane. 
it, the, the conversation got really out of control. It was like one group of people being like, you're fucking wrong. And then another group of people being like, I refuse to eat leftovers. It just really brought insane opinions fully out of the woodwork. And I've been sitting with it. I wrote about it for my, my weekly newsletter. I, uh, I've been thinking and talking and tweeting about it because I feel like I can sympathize with that attitude, even though it's ass backwards and wrong. I, I feel like I see where it comes from. Uh, yeah. And can sympathize. Because it is like when you're at the grocery store, it is tempting to get the maybe the more expensive like item or whatever, right? And like that can add up, obviously. But like generally speaking it should be cheaper to make pasta at home than buy it at well, a Well, there was somebody in that thread saying, you know, I made spaghetti and it cost me $39. Yeah. And I, I have not for the life of me been able to do the math on that situation. <laughs> like 39 American dollars, really? Yeah, I think spaghetti? legitimately, like, so first of all, you're shopping at like Whole Foods right off the bat uh, like I you're think. like buying the pasta maker yeah. <laughs> as best i can tell i made spaghetti last night and it was 239 dollars <laughs> even what happened and then it's like they do the budgets like cuisinart pasta attachment yeah. 199.99 because <laughs> even oh. the even the pasta at whole foods is not like it's pr- it's pricier but it's not like it's, it's not like 40 dollars yeah. yeah and i guess they're maybe getting i'm guessing the majority of it came from they're getting like a the canned or the the jarred like pasta sauce and it's like the $12 like organic you know whatever and then they're getting some like meat maybe to go in it and some like expensive cheese or my something my guess but... is that it's an expensive meat and they actually made the tomato sauce and put a lot of vegetables in it so then it, the vegetables themselves start to add up right cuz it's like cuz Becca and I will run into that sometimes too or it's, it's can sometimes be unfortunate when you're cooking for two and it's even more more magnified when you're cooking for one yeah but it's like the idea of okay I'm going to go buy produce so like Becca and I are going to make a salad okay I got to buy a whole bunch of kale but like we're only going to use like a third of the bunch in the salad and then it's just like hopefully we make something else the rest of the week where we use the rest of the kale, but we don't always do that. Yeah. But it could be so like, that's where I feel like maybe that's where it starts to add up is like, okay, well I bought one pepper and I had to buy a zucchini and an onion and a, this and a, that right. like, as opposed to just, yeah, going to the pasta sauce yeah. aisle and, and being if like, you're oh, here's like a the jar. The organic all... version. Yes, or exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking like if you're going to make, Bolognese sauce from scratch. You have to buy ground beef and ground pork and a bottle of wine because you're cooking with some wine. And, you know, all that stuff does add up. And if you're getting delivery, then you can talk yourself into doing this backwards math of like, well, if I get delivery, A, I'm going to know that it's going to be good because I'm ordering from a place I like. B, if I'm careful, I can stretch this out over two, three days worth of meals. So you end up thinking that it worked out cheaper. But I just, you know, the math is wrong, but I see where it comes from. And again, I have been thinking about it for about seven days. (laughs) I I think part of it, the main, well, maybe not the main part of it, but a big part of it is like the effort you have to put in to the the grocery aspect of it. Because you have to go to the grocery store, pick out all the stuff, and then you have to actually like do all the work in terms of like making the food, obviously. so And then you have to wash up after yourself. That's like, I mean, all told, that is about four or five hours of work that- you know, for a handful of meals. And then some of these people are inexplicably refusing to eat their leftovers. Like I, I get it. So, I, so I the, get it. the leftover thing, I didn't 
I didn't see that, and I didn't get too deep into the thread. But are people <laughs> anti leftovers? Yeah, and that's another thing where I'm just like, wow, that is ass backwards. But I get how you feel. Like certain foods do not reheat well. Yeah. Certain foods, you just you make a big batch and you get sick of eating them. You know, I get it. Ideally, you just do it anyway. But I get it. And I think that you know all these people seem to me like novice cooks who don't really know how to do the stuff that they don't teach you to do in recipes. Like a recipe doesn't tell you, by the way, once you've made a big batch of this stuff, maybe tomorrow you can take some of it and make like a casserole out of it or shepherd's pie or a curry or something. Like you can take the stuff you've made that you're already sick of and disguise it in other stuff, but that's not, you know, a standardized thing that people just know how to do. And so if you are someone who gets sick of eating the same thing a couple of days in a row, then you shouldn't throw out your leftovers, but I see where the impulse comes from. Yeah. And then I guess in, at that point you would just make less to begin with maybe, but that's also like tough to do. Cause then you have to like maybe figure out how different the recipe would be. And it's just even more like, yeah, I'm but, not a big leftover guy. No, Yeah. really? No. I, th- I think I for just, me, I, I make food that is good as le- like, I'll make like chili or something. Right, right. right. Yeah. Well, Becca always gives me shit because I actually, I hate eating like the same types of foods in a day as well. So like if I have a sandwich for lunch, I don't want to have a burger for dinner. But like oh other God. people don't get bothered by that. But I'm like, well, that's, I don't want to, that's kind of like the same thing. So I don't want to eat that again for dinner. Wow. Okay. And this she is always a, this gets is a whole other thing, I think. Well, yeah, I'm not trying to like co-opt this argument in my favor. <laughs> I'm just saying like I think that's part of leftovers for me. Is like I just don't it's like yeah, if I've had it for dinner the night before, even if it was really good, even mm-hmm. if it reheats well, I yeah. don't want it for lunch again the next day. That's just I just don't. Yeah. I'm okay, now I'm anti leftover. I think I get I get the, I get the <laughs> argument now. Yeah. yeah. No, I just changed your mind. I, no, like I, I'm going to make chili this week because it's like it's getting cold and it's it's yeah. like it's like chilly weather. Um, And that'll last. Yeah. Like that'll last like the week, basically. Well, I can remember. I mean, I remember my mom like and this is crazy now to, or not crazy, but like I would never eat this now. But like I remember my mom used to make all of our sandwiches for the week for lunch and then just put them in the freezer, the entire sandwich. And then like the night before you'd take the sandwich out of the freezer, put it in the fridge and then take it for lunch. Wow. And it would be like wet. No, it it was like, okay. I mean, it definitely wasn't as good as just (laughs) having like a fresh sandwich, but it wasn't like horrible. It wasn't as wet as you would assume that it would be. I think she wouldn't put the mustard on it. So it's like in the morning you'd like put the, maybe like the mustard and stuff. But yeah, it was cause I just would have meat, cheese, bread. Right. So she would just put it in the freezer and then, yeah, like, so by Friday it was like a sandwich that had been made on Sunday and you just like pull it out of the freezer. So like, that's, you know, I mean, it's meal prep, I guess, but I've never really heard like meal prep for sandwiches is a little, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like that's how I grew up. And now the sandwich, like like the thing that you can make in like five minutes very easily. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, it was because uh, my mom worked in the morning, right, 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 in the early morning, so yeah. she didn't have time to like. And wake you were young up and enough that you weren't like I, making. Yeah, your I own. wasn't making my yeah, own yeah. lunch, so wow. Yeah, I was sixteen. I was too oh young. To I'm gonna, I'm gonna lunch. look into, I'm gonna look into this the grocery discourse some more. I think it's wild. Yeah. Food discourse is always the most out of control. Food and pet discourse is the two worst kinds. I think. Well, so I've been, I like, oh, I've got a cat named Kiki, and she's very cute. And I, we got her a little like lion's mane costume. Uh, and I want to post a picture of it on Twitter, but it's also like, she hates it. 
And I don't want yeah. people to be like, oh, you're making your cat, you know, wear a costume or whatever. And it's yeah. like, I, I do feel bad about it. So, like, I feel like that's a whole other thing. I haven't seen any discourse on that this year uh, around Halloween, but I think people do get upset about pets wearing costumes, even though it is adorable. People have gotten, people have given me a hard time. I have a dog that I'll, I'll put her in a little lobster costume <laughs> once in a while just to cheer myself up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll always post a picture of it, obviously, because it's a dog in a lobster costume. And once in a while, somebody will say something weird to me. Somebody did once say like, are you proud of yourself keeping your dog in a prison and making it dance for you? And <laughs> Oh God, Jesus did not know what to do with that. So Jesus <laughs> just ignored it. Oh I feel God. like the problem with food discourse, especially is like everybody eats. So it's like everybody just, there's no expert really. Like, I guess, you know, you could be like, well, I'm a, chef at a michelin star restaurant or whatever and then maybe they're you the have worst like, ones in well, food discourse yeah, totally totally <laughs> so that's the thing it's like you know everybody eats every day so they everybody feels like well no my opinions on food are the best opinions or whatever so that's the issue i think yeah god anyway stefan what's going on in your social media well normally i do like like a weird social media thing yeah but you do a, but this is actually a good segue a, from pet discourse yeah i have a wholesome one and this this involves yeah, we're kind of backwards this week because just like a little spoiler for my mine is like fucked up this week and yours is, <laughs> and yours is wholesome yeah so this is like we're in a topsy-turvy world uh so this is this is involves our friend chris james friend of the show yes um frequent guest and so uh so uh at horse feedback on twitter posted a picture of her <laughs> Very, this very, is my series. This is like a really nice, wholesome update. Horse feedback on Twitter <laughs> posted. Dan, can you send the link to, to Rax? I've yeah. got, uh, I think it's in the Discord. Um, and she posted very, very cute picture of, of her dog named Toby. Toby looks like a little gremlin. Yeah, he's a very cute, adorable very cute dog. dog. Yeah. Uh, and, and she says, uh, her name is so Meg. She in says, the chat for you, Rax. uh, many people do not know this. I adopted Toby without seeing him in person. He needed emergency housing after his owner died. And after seeing one photo of him, I got everything together to apply. These are the first pics I was sent by his foster dad. I said, he must be mine. And again, I mean, he's just, just an adorable dog. Uh, and then our, our friend Chris quote tweeted her and said, okay, this is wild. Uh, Emma saw this on her timeline last night and was like, don't we know this dog? And it turns out we do. The previous owner was my aunt, who I love so much and miss every day. She loved Toby with all her heart, and this would make her so, so happy. Wonderful. And, I mean, look, you know that if it's if I'm doing a wholesome social media update, it has to be a really wholesome story. And that is a very wholesome story. And I think Chris is going to meet up with the, the dog uh, and, and, and Meg at some point and, and hang out. And it's just very, it's just very nice. It was, I saw it on, on Twitter. It was the first thing I saw on Twitter. And I was like, it's really nice when the first thing you see on Twitter like in the morning in, like on is a good. Day, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was a great way to start the day. And I've been thinking about it since I saw it. And it's just very pleasant. I'm very happy for, for Chris and for Meg and for Toby. Toby is so cute. Oh, my God. He's such a funny looking little dog. He is a I funny didn't even need to dog. click the link because as soon as you started reading about Toby, I was like, oh, I remember this guy. <laughs> I remember this fat little boy. He's a... <laughs> He's a little barrel shaped. Yeah, creature. it's he's such a cool looking dog. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and he's like eleven years old, so he's like a senior dog as well. Yeah, uh, just a very, very pleasant and cute story. So uh, I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention, and I think this is the first time I've done a nice social media update ever. Yeah, maybe other than when I'm talking about my cat. Or, I don't know or how to feel cats. about this. I don't even know how to respond. It's weird, but you have a good. You have maybe something that's more like my style. Of yeah. Well, I'll get this back on track with a just <laughs> truly unhinged, uh, 
little segment here. So this is uh, Yoakam Noah. Uh, he, I think, is he still in the NBA? I can't I don't remember. Think he I think is he's at out. This point. I think but he's he out of the NBA the, now. The played Bulls for the Bulls and yeah, the Knicks former, as well. I think former player. Yeah. So yeah. he. Oh, he actually just retired. Okay. So he. Uh, yeah. He played for the Bulls for a long time. Also played for the Knicks, the Grizzlies, and the Clippers. And uh, he was good. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. So he. Uh, I think it's maybe pronounced Jokum Noah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm probably getting it wrong no matter what. Anyway, he was on Zach Lowe's podcast. Uh, Zach Lowe, of course, very famous NBA writer, uh, was talking about, uh, I guess, just the end of his career or whatever. This is the podcast, The Low Post. And when he was playing with Chicago, of course, he played with Derek Rose, who's one of the stars of this generation and who had uh, a catastrophic ACL tear. Yes. And uh, just when he, I think he had just one MVP and he was like being primed to sort of be like the number two guy in the league to LeBron uh, and then tore his ACL. And so Zach Lowe asks Noah about this. And uh, this was his response to uh, to the Derek Rose uh, ACL situation. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, I think the tab's muted, Dan. Shit. That's okay. Okay, here we go. Like you guys get back in the locker room or you're on the bus. Like, what are your memories of, of processing all of that? There are moments in your life where you just know when it happened. Like, you know exactly what you were doing. You know exactly where you were. And when I found out that oh, no. Derek uh, tore his ACL, like, I, I remember what I was like, the smells. I remember who I was with. I remember where I, I, I remember everything. Almost like the same feeling. I had the same feeling of like when I saw the the plane hit the tower. (laughs) That's the kind of feeling that me, me, that's the same feeling I had. People will be like, oh, crazy for saying something. Like, no, I'm telling you how I felt. This is how I felt. I had the same feeling when I saw the plane hit the tower when I heard that. I like that he doubles down on it too. He's like, people are going to think I'm crazy for saying this, but no, absolutely not. This is a very oh valid God. opinion to have. It's incredible. I like, it's so funny because you can, you know what he's going to say. I like, you can tell what he's going to say. I wasn't sure when I was listening to the clip, I wasn't positive. He was going to say when he, when, he, when he started talking about like, there's, you know, you remember exactly where you were, all the stuff. I was like, well, I mean, obviously the context of like, okay, someone posted this clip because he says something insane. So I was like, well, that's, I think he maybe is going to make a 9-11 comparison here. And then like, there's a very long pause before he does it. Cause I think he's, he's thinking like, should I say oh, this? Should I like pull up here? <laughs> I need to maybe not do this. And then he just goes right into it and then says it a second time. Yeah. Oh my God. I uh, feel like that long pause is him like, building up the dramatic effect so he can really stick the landing when he says that it was like watching the plane hit the tower. Oh yeah. Not like that. It just wasn't. It can't have been. (laughs) No. Well, I do also like, I think Rax, you saying it too really brings it to the forefront. Like he doesn't say nine 11. He says when the plane hit the towers, which I think somehow makes it worse. It does make it's it like worse. way more yeah. visceral. It's like yeah. when I saw the plane hit the towers, that's when I knew it's if, like, yeah, come if, on, if, dude. If he had just said 9-11, it still would have obviously been like totally insane, but it wouldn't have been as bad. Yeah. But then just like this going into the specifics of it. Yeah. You guys are going to think I'm fucking crazy, <laughs> but uh, look, I know I'm not crazy. This is what it was uh, like. Cause I, that is not, 
Cause he's trying to say like, but that is how it felt for me. And it's like, there are some feelings that aren't valid, unfortunately. Yeah. Like they're just like, I think he's trying to be like, these are my feelings. They have to be valid. It's like, no, not everybody's feelings are valid, yeah. unfortunately. Maybe if you're ever talking about like the sports version of 9-11, maybe just like hold off on it. You don't have to talk about <laughs> I mean, sports 9-11. I mean, that's the 9/11. way people describe it when they want to be like extra poetic. That if They don't say 9-11 or September 11th. They say when the plane hit the tower. And, you know, that's yeah. the or melodramatic the- way to compare something to 9-11 if you want to be melodramatic about it. So I just feel like he thinks he's being extra poetic and and beautiful. And yeah, spiritual. That cold September morning, you know, like it's just like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Oh, oh my God. I love it. But that's, God, it's so good. I, I do sort of wish we got Zach Lowe's like response to I it. I know, I know. Someone had just clipped this yeah. on, uh, on Twitter. I do but, wonder yeah. what, what he said if he was just like, all right, let's change the subject yeah. now. <laughs> all right, well, uh, so you retired recently. Uh, tell me a little bit about oh that. Oh, my God. But that's like an all-time, that's an all-time athlete quote to me, I think. Oh, That's like too. a top 10 athlete quote of all time. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. So good. God, and I, I also it. just think like, even if Derek Rose, like obviously, yeah, he's the star player on your team. He's probably your good friend. You just can't, I just don't think there's a world where you imagine what it smelled like when you felt, because he's like the sights and the sounds and the smells of when. uh, Maybe compared to like JFK getting assassinated, because that's like (laughs) one guy, right? Yeah. Maybe that works better. (laughs) Uh, He wasn't there for that, That would be much funnier. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, JFK died. Derek Rose is very much still alive. Yeah, but he was dead to our team for that. <laughs> Maybe the season. day that Reagan got shot. Oh yeah. Maybe that's, oh, that's an a good appropriate one okay. analogy because he I didn't think. die. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's it. Yeah. So okay. okay. So so athletes, if you're listening to this show <laughs> yeah. and you're looking for a a, a grave, non nine eleven grave comparison, go with Ronald Reagan. That's the one. Yeah. There it is. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on. I'd love to block this from my memory. And speaking of blocking things, let's move on to our block tape. What did you tweet? You brought receipts. Block tail. Woo. No longer can see that post. It's a block tail. Woo. You probably deserved it. It's a block tail. Uh, yeah, so Rax, you sent us uh, or you sent me the screen cap. So I'm excited uh, for you to unpack this one here uh, because this is speaking of unhinged things on Twitter. This is a truly wild okay. uh, reply. Yeah, uh, this, I think, takes a little bit of context. So let me speed walk it. Um, there is an event in New York every December called SantaCon. Oh, and it attracts the very worst people. It's uh, a day when folks dress up in Santa outfits and spend the entire day bar hopping and just getting shit housed. So it, it attracts frat boy types and like college students, people who just turned 21 and they think that themed drinking is like really cool and fun. And uh, it's like the worst weekend of the year to be in the city. Like anyone who lives here if they're able, tries to like stay away from party areas of the city during SantaCon because it's just a nightmare. And so a couple of years ago, I had no choice but to go into the city during SantaCon. There was like something I needed to pick up. And I took a few selfies of myself being aghast at the behavior of the scores of Santas. And I posted it on Twitter with the caption, had to go into the city today. It's fine. 
I love Goyam. <laughs> and Goyam is a neutral word for a non-Jewish person. It's a Yiddish word that literally just means non-Jewish people. But this tweet somehow made it to 4chan. Oh, no. Where they believe that the word goy is a slur that means cattle. And uh, my mentions were a mess for like two months. And it was just like the nastiest Nazi shit. I I blocked like 50 people off of that situation. But one of the replies of one person that I ended up blocking, just I have a soft spot for because it's so insane and out of pocket and an analogy that makes no sense. Uh, This guy at pig iron boy. Oh, no. Oh, boy. (laughs) Don't know what that is. No, I don't like it. Uh, He replied, I'm getting some white boomer visits a black neighborhood vibes here, bruh. What? (laughs) I, and again, so many of these replies were batshit insane and evil and, but in a way that was comprehensible to me. Like people would reply calling me anti-Jewish slurs. And I was just like, oh, okay. I, I understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. I have no idea what this means. I will never understand what this means. In what way am I going to the city at an inconvenient time? How is that like a white boomer going into a black neighborhood? And what is even being implied here? Is it like that they're saying, I'm trying to parse this. I'm not saying that I am right or anything, but maybe my guess is that they are thinking that Goyam is a slur so then when white people go into black neighborhoods, they use slurs. Is that what they were kind of getting at? Like, I, I don't know. But like, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, look at all these people here that I, you know, I don't associate with because I'm a white boomer. Or whatever. I, that's the only I thing mean, I can think of. I don't like in it. In order to like parse this out, I'm finding that I have to think like pig iron boy. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's yeah, now, no kind of brain I want to have. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh now that makes God. me think that I made a mistake trying to get into their brain. But yeah. Is, is, <laughs> did SantaCon happen last year? Not that I know of. And okay. I'm really hoping that coronavirus killed it. That would be like the one upside is if SantaCon never happened again. Yeah. Is there a is there like an actual convention part of it? Or is it literally just they call it that, but people just dress as Santa and get hammered? You know, I looked it up one year. I think that it did originally begin as as a meetup, like in a central place of people dressed in Santa outfits. And I think like the first couple of years people did it, it was a relatively small gathering and it was just lighthearted and fun and kind of offbeat, you yeah. know, a bunch of folks in Santa outfits. But it ballooned out of control and now it like exclusively attracts the worst people you've ever met. So it's it's just a nightmare time now. My mom came to visit me one weekend that turned out to be SantaCon weekend. And she like texted me from her cab at Penn Station being like, everyone's dressed like Santa. Like, do, you, do you know anything about this? And I was just like, you need to get out of the city right now. <laughs> oh my <laughs> Outside God. city limits immediately. I feel yeah, like it's... it would be fine if it was like a bunch of like old guys who like actually looked like Santa, or, like mall Santas or something. That yeah. would be kind of like pleasant yeah. probably. My, gra- my grandpa was a mall Santa for like quite a while. Really? Yeah. 
That's yeah, a, that's adorable. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, this this one's crazy. Uh, or sorry, like I'm reading about SantaCon. So yeah. it, it began in San Francisco in 1994, inspired by a Mother Jones article on the Danish activist theater group Solvenin. I'm definitely saying that wrong. Solvenin? Okay. Solvenin. In 1974, Solvenin gathered dozens of Santas in Copenhagen to hand out items from the shelves of a department store to customers as presents before they were arrested. I mean, that's pretty badass. Okay. That's like, cool. That is they cool. should keep doing that. Yeah. So it was staged. Do you, do you think the frat boys are into this Danish theater group from the 70s? <laughs> yeah. That's what they're all. Yeah. Solven and Beta Kappa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> staged as a street theater by a local prankster group, the Cacophony Society, which had grown out of the earlier Suicide Club. The aim was to make fun of Christmas and the rampant consumerism associated with the holiday. Okay. Originally called Santarchy and influenced by the surrealist movement. Uh, and other subversive art currents, it was not intended to be a recurrent event. However, it occurred again in 1995 with 100 participants and at least two arrests. Uh, and then, yeah, it came to Portland in 96, Seattle 97, LA and New York in 98. Uh, when a young San Franciscan strapped on a fake white beard, donned a $12 red suit, and led 200 Santas as they went caroling up Fifth Avenue in Manhattan to the delight of passersby. It has since evolved and spread to 44 countries around the world. The New York SantaCon is the largest, with an estimated 30,000 people participating. Um, and yeah, it says the in New York City, the event has been criticized for widespread drunkenness and sporadic violence. Um, and it's not that sporadic. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it's so funny that terrible. it actually started out as like a as like a, a cool funny thing. Yeah, and, and, and that it was like sort of like an anarchist as, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like anti-consumerism. Like, yeah, it's and, a, against consumerism, and now it's just about people consuming as much as possible. Oh my god! Uh, wow. Yeah, it says the the New York Daily News reported in 2017 that the event endures an annual backlash from New Yorkers repulsed by the sight of Santa's vomiting and urinating <laughs> in the street. Uh. So uh, I saw a Santa that same year where I got in trouble for that tweet. I saw a Santa chick get hit by a car very slowly. <laughs> and she was on her phone at the time. And she said into her phone as she got hit by the car, oh, my God, I'm getting hit by a car <laughs> and just kept on stumbling along. And I like looked at my boyfriend. And I was like, what the fuck did I just see? That bitch got hit by a car. <laughs> Oh I'm about to get hit by a car right now, dude. <laughs> yeah. This shit's crazy. Uh, that's incredible. That's really good. Wow. Uh, well, I'm glad we don't have it here. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah, if I've you look up SantaCon, but... if you Google it, it does bring up SantaCon Vancouver, but it's got to be much smaller. I, I think it yeah. doesn't even. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it also says that it's not SantaCon is not currently promoting events due to COVID-19. This okay. is from SantaCon.info. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So maybe we're all good this year then. But I'm going to keep an eye out for it. We what, might be, we what, might be when safe. is it? Is it like the first weekend in December? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think it's like Thanksgiving where it's the same time every oh, okay. year. They, oh, they different pick, cities pick different. Yeah, right. they pick different Got dates, it. I think. Okay. And, uh, I, I like dated a guy very briefly who at one point revealed to me that he was really into SantaCon. And that's like low key the reason that I ended it. I was just <laughs> like, I can't. Our values don't align. Yeah. I'm anti-SantaCon. <laughs> oh, this website is, I mean, it does seem like it's the official SantaCon website, but it also looks like it was built with GeoCities in like 1996. <laughs> okay. Uh, so if you go to the about page, uh, there it's like an FAQ. And so it just says, what's it all about? Uh, what is it? A SantaCon is a convention of Santas, groups of men and women dressed like Santa. Why do it? 
Because it's fun. <laughs> that is all. Why indeed? Yeah. Oh. It's fun. That's all. And then I love this line. It's one of the few chances left for adults to be silly without any kind of agenda. Oh, my God. That's definitely. Yeah, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah. Uh, wild. So that's uh, what you're working with yeah, when yeah. it comes okay. to SantaCon. Just a bunch of silly adults having having a. Having my worst weekend of the year. They're having a great time, uh, but I'm not having a good time. And like a bunch of the replies to that tweet of mine were like, can't you just let people be happy? You seem miserable. Oh, and I'm no. like, I am miserable. This is making me miserable. <laughs> yeah. It's a miserable time. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's like all I know about it is just from Twitter and the, the New York people I follow on Twitter. And whenever SantaCon comes around, it's just everyone being like, oh, my God, this oh, is just hell on earth. That seems odd. I didn't yeah. even know about this until today, yeah. and I'm worse for There's it. just fights. There's people puking everywhere. Oh, yeah, yep. it's insane. I've been puked on by Santas. I've been fallen asleep on by Santas on the subway. I got kicked in the face one year by a, a Santa trying to do feats of strength off of the subway pole. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nothing good happens. It's like if. If you know that werewolves are out, you stay inside. It's kind of the same <laughs> yeah. situation. Jesus. Wow. Uh, all right. Well, our listener block this week, a little bit more, um, let's say, wholesome, I guess, or okay. just a, a little less uh, insane. This one comes in from Kelly. Uh, they write, I was the recipient of one of the more badass blocks from a friend, and instead of being mad about it, I figured it deserves to be shared. Just before the pandemic, a friend of mine, we'll call him Rick, started dating a woman, we'll call her Jess. He was far more secretive about her than he had been any other person he dated, and it started getting weird. She had no social media presence, and on multiple occasions, he set up Zoom calls so our group of friends could meet her, but on the day of something... Uh, on the day of, something would always come up and she couldn't make it. I think quarantine drove us all a little insane, so one woman in our friend group speculated that Jess was made up, and we all semi-believed it. We finally met her, and she's lovely, but the ball got rolling on us making fun of her, so we stuck with it. You know, normal stuff like naming the group's chat, Rick's GF is for sure real, and saying she was an actor from Craigslist to perform the role of girlfriend at a barbecue, etc. <laughs> So unexpectedly on Sunday night, we get a notification that Rick has renamed our group chat. Rick's wife is real along with a link to the video for their wedding, a really nice private ceremony with just the two of them due to COVID concerns. And before anyone had a chance to congratulate him, he had blocked the entire group chat. Oh it felt like as cool of a mic drop as he could have pulled on us given the circumstances. Uh, so yeah, thank you Kelly for wow. sending us Nicely in. Nicely done Rick. Very well done, Rick. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Kelly for sending it. And Kelly says some nice words for us as well. And uh, we appreciate it, Kelly. And, and we appreciate all our listeners sending in blocks. If you want to send one in, you can do so at blocked at blockedparty.com or you can fill out the form on our website. You can also donate to the show at patreon.com slash blockparty, where $5 a month gets you access to three bonus episodes every single month. Uh, we also have ad-free episodes over there. And Stefan, our live shows are returning in November. That's right. Uh, Zoom show. Our live clarify. Zoom shows, yes, uh, are returning November 19th on Friday. Uh, you and I are going to be competing on Mac Gordon's Family Feud. Yes. Uh, so our friend and past guest, I've, Mac Gordon. I put Gordon, quite a team together, too. He runs Family Feud, and uh, Stefan and I have been uh, racking our brains. We're putting some teams together. We're going to announce our teams in the coming weeks. 
Uh, but it's going to be the Stefan family versus the John family. Uh, it's going to be live on Zoom at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on November 19th. You have to be a $3 patron at minimum uh, to get access to that show. So uh, if you want to join us, uh, please head on over to Patreon and check that out. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Blocked Party Pod. And uh, if you like the show, just tell a friend or subscribe or rate, review, you know, do all those things that we like. Uh, Rax, we're here at the end of the show. We always like to finish off the show with a top three. Three, two, one. Trois, deux, un. Uno, 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 uno. Mustard. Three. Sauce. Deux. Girlfriends. Uno, 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 uno. What do you have for us, please? Uh, so my book, Tacky, is coming out uh, this coming Tuesday, November 2nd. Uh, it is all about the trash culture of the early 2000s. So in keeping with that, my top three is uh, what are the top three pop songs of the early 2000s? Ooh, okay. baby. Okay, this okay. is good. I got I to gotta look some up here, I think, but I'm going <laughs> to... Okay. I love this. I'm 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 in. I'm in on this big. I think we. Uh, I want to. Okay, yeah. This is so good. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, so, Rax, uh, give us your number three, please. Start off with your number three. Uh, number three. I gotta say, bye 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 by uh, oh, NSYNC. Absolutely. What a great song. That's a great choice. Is mm-hmm. that a uh, now? What do you like about that in comparison to other NSYNC songs? Would you say what sticks out about bye 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 in particular? Uh, for me, I mean, it's it's the first single off, I, I think, their second album. And their first album was so poppy, boy bandy in this like very inescapable way that people really liked to make fun of. And I, my impression was that Bye 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 was their attempt to be a little bit more, a little bit more uh, serious of pop stars. It was like they're, you know, we can make good songs, too. And I, of course, I still to this day remember bits and pieces of the dance. My friends and I would would do the dance like oh, for yeah. our parents. We would inflict it on our parents like all the time. So, Hell <laughs> so yeah. it's, you know, good vibes, good memories. Great. Number three, Stefan. I'm going to go uh, Cry Me a River. By Justin, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake. Great that's choice. like that's early. Two, that's two, yep. that's 2000. Yeah. OK, so. Yep. Yeah, Justified just, came out oh one, I think. Okay, uh, let me look here. That's I think I think it was like two thousand five, two thousand six. Anyway, very very just insanely catchy song. Mm-hmm. Uh, two thousand two, two thousand. Okay, yeah, Cry Me a River. That's my. Uh, it's a great song. That's a great song. Number three, John. Uh, well, my number three is just a song that uh, both I think encapsulates the time period perfectly and is also a very fun song to sing along to slash do an impression of. And that is Hero by Enrique Iglesias. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to just love, I can be your hero. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was good. You know, I used to just love to do that. No, with I will my not friends. be doing an impression of that. <laughs> can my ex boyfriend thought the lyrics to that song were, I can take away your pain, which makes it sound like he's like an assisted suicide <laughs> provider or something. <laughs> I can, I can take kiss away, away your pain. Your pain. <laughs> like it sounds like he's going to kill you. It does. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like an SNL would have been like an SNL skit about Dr. Kevorkian yeah. around that same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's wow. my number three okay. hero. Enrique Iglesias. Rax, uh, Rax number two. Your number two. 
Number two, uh, Fat Lip by Sum 41. Oh, oh yeah. Our good Canadian boys, yeah. Sum 41. Because yeah. there's a song. that bit in the middle of the song where he says the word abortion and then it echoes yeah. a yeah. bunch of times like, abortion, abortion, abortion. Yeah. And then the power chords come back. That's insane songwriting behavior. Like, yeah. that yes. shouldn't have happened. That should never have been allowed. <laughs> Especially because he's saying the doctor said my mom should have had, had an abortion. Abortion. But yeah, it's. God, what guys? What a great song! That's a great song. Yeah, love okay. that song. Love that video. Love everything about Sum Forty One. Really, number two. Number two. Always on time. Ja oh Rule. wow, Ashanti. That's a good choice. Yeah, that was a that was a staple of like middle school dances for sure. Yeah. We, we had uh, so in Canada we don't have we I mean we have MTV Canada but we have something called Much Music, and we would have uh, Much Music sponsored. They, they would be called Much Music Video Dances. Uh, and so they, they, it'd be in like a, a gym or like a community center. And then they would set up like two or three big screens and play like music videos on them as, you know, and that song was like a staple of, of the much music video dance of, uh, you know, grade six, grade seven. It was a classic. A cl- that was true. back when Ashanti was on like every song. Every I kind of yeah. missed that as a songwriting like article of faith. Yeah. She should still be on every song. Yeah. And, and John her and, Rule her and be... Maya, though they were like the yeah. two yeah. that were on like every song. Yeah. yeah. John, number my two. number two, uh, just a perfect, uh, a perfect song for me to be 17 years old too. And pretty virginal. I mean, I'd lost my virginity, but I was, I would say still very virginal, <laughs> uh, at, in 2002 when this song came out and that is hot in here by Nelly. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. it was just that like you're like you'd you'd put it on at parties and and kind of like sing it at girls to be like, hey, yeah. maybe we're all are we just all gonna maybe take off our clothes now? It does that, that never, never happened ever. in life. But yes, like say. you'd watch the like hot video in the club and everybody's sweaty and you know yeah. like, you're like, Oh yeah, this is that's what life is, right? You put on this song and everybody gets naked and then no, 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 but it's all. a great song. Yeah. So it is. Uh, it's a know, banger. Yeah. It is a banger. And so, you yeah. had the Nelly bandaid, but for like an actual cut on your face. <laughs> it was right? a zit. Actually, okay, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was like a Neutrogena zit, yeah. zit pad or whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, Nelly was, it's impossible to overstate how cool Nelly, Nelly was, was like that, the coolest man in the on world. that run. Yeah. Like he had the shake your tail feather and EI yeah. and, yeah. Um, country grammar, country yeah. grammar was the first one. And then there was ride with me. Ride with me was so good. That was the big, you know, everybody just loved it. Loved yeah. a little Nelly. So wow. that was my, that's my number two. Rex, number one. Number one, uh, 2003's Crazy in Love by Beyonce and Jay-Z. Great choice. To me, the early 2000s don't even begin in earnest until this song comes out. It was a real game changer. And the video. Oh, yeah. That's that's such a I I I was thinking maybe me or John would do that. like that was on my short list for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you you know you definitely think of those huge pop stars of the time period, and really any of their songs. Like you had Justin Timberlake, and I was like, I could throw a JT song on here, but you did it, so I'll, I'll move away. Yeah, there's lots of great. Yeah. Now I think I'm I I could see you like my number one. I think could be on your short list as well. But my yeah. number one is what you waiting for. By Gwen Stefani. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, 2004, 2005, I think. And I think that was like her first solo album as well. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and oh my God, that's like, that's like maybe the catchiest song of all time. It's incredible. It's, I, I listened to that song so much as a kid. It's so good. That was one of those songs you'd like catch it on the radio and you'd change the station because you were sick of it and you would like stumble onto it on a second yes. radio station. It was everywhere. 
It was, it was just everywhere. It was everywhere. Yeah. John? Uh, my number one, I feel like this is, uh, you know, it's a song that we all know and love. And I also feel like very much embodies the time period of pop songs. But I'm going, yeah, Usher featuring yeah. Lil John mm. and Ludacris. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just a great beat still. I still get jacked yeah. up. A doot, doot, doot. When you still oh, hear that so opening, good. it's just oh so God. good. Uh, Ludacris pronouncing it Ursher, uh, for some reason, (laughs) great, great times. And then, yeah, you got little John Yang all over the place. Wonderful. He used to do that. Why doesn't he do that again in every song? He and Ashanti need to come back. Yes, they really do. We need that Lil John Ashanti combo album that we've all been waiting (laughs) for. Ashanti just just sings. Just both of them doing like side hype man shit. Yes, exactly. Uh wow, what a great top three. I could that could have easily been a top ten for me. I could 100%. have sat here and remembered songs all all day with you guys. Uh Rax, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was a pleasure to have you. Before we go, is there anything you'd like to plug? I mean, you've already talked about it. Your book is coming out when this episode drops tomorrow. Uh so you, you, it's out in 24 hours. Tell us about it. Yeah, my fucking book's coming out. Uh it's called Tacky Love Letters to the Worst Culture We Have to Offer. It's a collection of about a dozen personal essays that detail my relationship with all the trash culture you love to hate from Jersey Shore to Creed to a bunch of other shit. And uh, yep, it is out November 2nd. Uh, If you don't know how to read, you can also find me on my podcast, Low Culture Boil, where we also delineate our favorite pieces of trash culture. And uh, if you don't know how to read or hear, then I just can't help you beyond that. <laughs> yeah. So, luck. Uh, beautiful. Yes. Uh, thank you, Rax. I'm excited to read your book. That was how I, I started following you because of your Creed, uh, your essay <laughs> about Creed, because I have a new metal podcast called the POD cast. And so new metal, very close to my heart. Limp Bizkit uh, released an album today, right? Dude, they knew it was my birthday. <laughs> Limp Bizkit put out an album. I on saw the my album cover birthday. is like the worst thing I've ever seen. It's Every incredible. Limp Bizkit album cover is the worst I know, you've ever seen. But it's just. But one thing I will say, quick review of it right now. <laughs> uh, I've only listened to the first like six tracks, so I'm, I haven't gotten super into it yet because uh, it just came out last night. But uh, I wait. Do... What's the the name of the album? Is still sucks? still sucks. Limp Bizkit really still funny. sucks, okay. and that's they're fully <laughs> they're fully leaning into yeah. just like. Yeah, you know, people all hated us forever and like it's whatever. And uh, it's awesome. I, I, it really does sound good and and f- fresh and fun and cool. New metal rocks. I'm happy for you, I love John. new metal. It's, it's <laughs> so good. New metal kicks ass. Thank Absolutely you. kicks yeah, ass. Rax, we'll have to get you on our pod at some point, uh, <laughs> the new metal pod. We'd love to have you there too. Uh, but yeah, you can follow Rax on Twitter at Rax King is dead. Uh, get her book tomorrow when it comes out. I will be getting it and I'm excited to read it and you should be too. Uh, again, you can donate to our show, patreon.com slash block party. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at block party pod and we'll see you back here next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>